Hello and welcome to another episode of the Supply Word with Usman podcast, where I, your host Usman, will be bringing to you the word facts about the daily societal things we do. And as you've chosen to listen, cheers to staying tuned in. Yeah, and as you've probably seen before you clicked on this episode of the Supply Word with Usman podcast, today we'll be talking about the irony slash the illusion of choice and to talk about that with me instead of you getting to listen to my solo opinions is the person of mr joshua akinpelu who is a dear friend of mine well i would allow mr joshua to introduce himself now yeah it's great to be here with usman discussing this great topic once again my name is akinpelu joshua i'm a student of computer science education in Lagos state university ojo campus and we'll be here with Usman to discuss the irony of choice, the illusion surrounding this concept called choice, and we'll be discussing how it affects Nigerian students in the university and beyond. Yeah, concerning that, we just chose the Nigerian university system and particularly the idea of choosing a course to study as a point of reference because I know it's something most of us can relate to. And that being said, as you've chosen to listen, thank you and cheers to staying tuned in. So, concerning the whole idea of the illusion of choice, we can't proceed on talking about it without first addressing one of the elephants in the room, because there are a lot of elephants in this case. Now, and one of them is the definition of choice itself. So, according to Google, choice itself is an act of choosing between two or more possibilities. Just basically, you have two options. Let me put it that way. I think options is better. Yeah. Yeah, so you have two options and then you are made to just pick, not even choose in this case, let's use simpler terms, pick between the two options, which one is better suited to your taste or what you want to do. Yeah, and to further explain more on the definition of choice, it's like what we all do every day is between choosing, okay, what do you want to eat today? Is it this or that? So it's like you're selecting from several alternatives yeah like what do you want to wear today what type of water do you use to bait in the morning although you don't have a choice doing amatan (laughs) (laughs) you don't that's just be hot water or then if you can if you are a strong guy you can chest it in a cold cold water so not everybody has the privilege of choosing though yeah if you think about it the whole concept of choice itself it's based on like the availability of the alternatives presented. Yeah, just like it said, like making a choice between two possibilities. But what if there is only one possibility? You don't have a choice. Yeah, and having just one possibility doesn't take away the fact that you you personally will have to like have other alternatives right in mind. But in that present moment, you just have just one alternative. So your choice is kind of like streamlined to uh, just the alternative. Your choice is limited exactly. to just, just one. Limited to one. Or in some cases, there might be, how do I put it? There might be other choices to make or other options, sorry, other possibilities, but yeah. they might not be pliable or they might be out of reach or something. Yeah. So it's just be that your choice is limited to just one possibility. And can we really call that a choice? Mm. If you can look at it. Can we call it a choice? As, as the title said already, the choice in itself is an illusion. So 
it's an it's a it's a choice. <laughs> it's a choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so not having a choice itself is a choice. Yeah. How? If you want to explain. Because that main concept because from the definition which we saw from google and they extracted that from oxford dictionary that it is selecting from two alternatives so the fact that there is no alternative is also an alternative ah oh, this guy <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it, it makes sense when you put it like that that the fact that you cannot choose itself is a choice between having to choose or not to choose ah that was a brain twister <laughs> Yeah, okay. If we have covered the base of the definition of choice itself, I think we can move on to the other parts of it. Yeah. Like, and so next on the list will be the case study. And for the case study, we'll be playing back some answers we got from our audience because I posed the question before the release of the episode that, are you studying what you always wanted to study in the university? If so, what has your experience been? And if not, how has the experience been for you too? if you did not get what you wanted to study in university because i feel like that's like a base like a base choice that most people make in this country yeah so we'll be getting in on the responses some of them will read out to you and some of them would play back to you so like always keep listening and cheers to staying more tuned in this is the second time i'm saying that thing i need to find a better tagline Tagline is not is not bad since we like mentioned it in the end of our introduction. Okay, so that should be the official tagline. You heard it here first from Mr. Joshua. <laughs> that will be our official tagline. So, again, cheers to staying tuned. <laughs> now, moving to the case studies that we've collected from several people. We are now going to be discussing and sharing with us different concepts that people have shared with us concerning their own experiences, concerning their course of study in the university. Now, case study one, it reads, I'm not studying what I always wanted to study. The truth is, I wasn't really sure what I wanted, just what my mom wanted me to study, medicine and surgery. But right now, I'm studying what I want to, which is physics. The journey has been a mixture of enlightenment and frustrations. Lecturers made it frustrating. You think they have zero idea about a course when they lecture, but when you get into the exam hall, the questions will be mad, basically. <laughs> mad being difficult. But the exciting part comes from learning outside the lectures. It opened my eyes and mind to a lot of new exciting stuff in science and sometimes I'm a total nerd. I get excited when I learn something new and understanding and enjoying the knowledge. I don't regret picking this course. I just wish the lecturers could make it more understandable and show us the fun in it. Having to learn things by myself takes them useless and their classes too. <laughs> this is this is someone's view concerning the course of study and the choice she had to make. If we follow that story, she first mentioned like she had to fall into the choice of a mom picking medicine and surgery. Medicine, medicine and surgery herself. But hopefully and luckily for her, she went back into what she truly and wanted for herself, which is physics. Now, the problem now is the lecturers in the school <laughs> making that choice looking like a tough one for her. Uh, I don't think she meant it in a way that it's a tough one for her. That one now is like, aside the whole choosing something, they are now making it like, was the, was it worth the choice? Hmm. She gets, now that, okay, I fought for this, and now when I go here, it's as if the choice I made wasn't reasonable. 
Exactly. Because yeah. when you are making a choice, you feel once I select this choice, it should lead me to yeah, an easy path and a more comfortable mindset and all. Okay, well, we'll come back to analyze that, but like we said, we just have to move on and showcase off the case studies. So here is another one, but this is a recording. So um, firstly, uh, my parents they thought I was more um, of a science person. Yeah, even though I was, yes, but at the same time, I really loved arts. I was good at music and stuff. So yeah, along the line, when I entered the university, I noticed that, you no, know, no. I am more of, a, more of an art person, but at the end of that, I cannot change how you get. So, my parents really, really pushed me while I was, I was before I entered uni. They pushed me a lot to do this. More like I was actually doing what they said I should do, she gets. But even though I, I got interested later on, but not as, I, I would have loved it more, you know, if I was doing arts. Cause I really loved photography and music you know that feeling you know but at the same time my parents so yeah that's pretty much it wow so <laughs> this one is like there wasn't like a solution after like the choice didn't pan out in his own favor but he's still trying to sympathize with it that but he kept mentioning the parents the parents the parents and he eventually did what the parents wanted that's 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 somehow sad and to my from my own um, point of view i feel we should just like criticize our parents just like that because most of them they feel like they have this responsibility to make those choices for you because it is like a norm right from their generation to do that yeah in terms of that me i see it as um yeah i used to tell people that if your parents are your best friend that's what is expected to be. Like on the episode two of the Subway Ready to Smile podcast, where I had Eyi Lola as I guest, we talked about the idea of socializing and then your first friends are your parents. So if we take that mentality going forward, huh, you will see that those people now, you know, people usually say that your parents cannot mislead you. Yeah. Because ultimately, your friends might lie to you and all that stuff, but your parents wouldn't. Because anything you do, even if it serves as a form of ego for them or pride, they wouldn't want you to do something that would harm you and in turn harm them. But that's not the part I'm taking it towards. I'm just saying like everything they do, they always feel like it's, it's in your best interest. And there are some things that, yes, you can, I think most, some of us can attest to it. Not everybody, because not everybody has the luxury of parental um, Guidance. guidance and all that stuff. But I think some of us can agree that Yes, there are some things that once your father or your mom, your parents say it and you reason it in a particular way and you try to follow the advice, you see that it actually works. Yeah. But what me, I'm saying in this guy's case now, I feel it is like, is it fear? Uh, I, I or, really... or fear of, or how do I put it and calmly, fear of disappointing the parents? I wouldn't say it is fear because the parents themselves, in their own thinking, they don't feel they are making a wrong choice for you. Because they all want the, like the best interest for both their um, for all their kids, so they are not trying to make okay go and do this because you'll be bad at it. They want you to be good at it also. Yeah, yeah. But the concept of choice is not that is the choice being presented to the child or it is being imposed. Exactly. On the child. Is it exactly what you said now? Is it being imposed 
or it was presented. You know, I didn't they gave him the option of, okay, you are going to science and you do a lot of art stuff. Uh, which one would you like to use? Or which one would you like to choose? And at that point, I feel even if they had asked him the question, he might have not wanted to choose art because maybe his parents are there. But I feel like even if he had that choice, if he had chosen art, they may have allowed him to do the arts. Exactly. That is if the parents like have an open mind because that is one issue. Uh, one issue. That is one issue I feel we are facing in this um, African. Let me say African home, home and African mentality because we feel we shouldn't be able to like stand up to authorities and give our own opinion and all. And all these are shaping the choices we make as individuals. But at the same time, the Yorubas, they, are, they have an adage. They said, um, if I can say it correctly, they said, Agbagbon, Omodegbon, Lofi, Daili, Fesi. So basically what it means is like the wisdom of the adults and the, the wisdom of the children is what was used to establish the town of Ilefe. Yeah. So basically everybody's contribution is like paramount. All no, opinions Yes, all opinions matter. Although the elderly might have the option of prolonged experience, yeah. but there are some things that the children will contribute to that it will be valid. So I feel like in this case now, I, I, I'm not blaming him, but he didn't exactly give himself a choice. And the question I should even ask our um, case study is, did you even present your option to your parents? Exactly. Did you present the choice to your parents? Like, because did you tell them that, no, I am going to study arts i'm very good at that's what i want like did you tell them what you you want like do you give them this uh do you even present the choice to them that sir ma this is what i want to do myself because there's this cliche that when your parents say something that's just the final final say so it's not meant to be so but i feel sorry for our case study but and but if you look at it another way you can make the best of whatever you are given even if it's not the absolute best you can still try yeah, I have um, I have a story to share. It's concerning one of uh, a, a particular personality that I know. His dad actually sent him to school to study a particular course, but the child was like, he wants to study this particular course. Now you see that the dif- there's a difference between our case study and this, because now yeah. he, he has presented the option to the parent that this is what I want to study. Okay. But the father saw that if this child goes into this, he won't really like manifest himself. Okay. And at that point. We know who is right or wrong. Yeah. But looking down the line, I can say the father was actually right because now presently the guy is actually enjoying doing the course and he felt that if he had chosen that previous course, he would have not even enjoyed doing it at all. Yeah, yeah. But at least he had the option of considering multiple choices. Exactly. So our case study did not. So I feel sorry for him, but like I said, you can make the best of it. So on to the next case study. This is very short, actually. So when I posed the question, the person just wrote it there, like with an accepted mind or something, if, I, if I'm to put it correctly. But let me read it out. So it goes like this. I got the course I wanted, but if I can go back in time with what I know now, I'll probably not even go to school. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go intern for a company. The only thing that will make me rethink is the friends I've met on the way. They are the absolute best. <laughs> this, this case study obviously didn't have an issue in making a choice because he made the choice and he got the costs. And now the whole issue, because if you compare it to the first case study which we discussed, 
our issue was also about the whole educational system yeah. that is having a huge impact in how they are taking these courses in Nigerian universities. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it relates to pe- what this person is saying now. It's just basically like if I had known the choice I even made is now looking like it's not valid, just like the first case study. Because what I have seen now is something that I can learn on the internet. Exactly. <laughs> and that is is quite frustrating when you feel I'm going to university, I'm going to university. Then you get there and you are in the walls of the classroom and you are seeing that even your lecturer is not that enthused about teaching you. And it is so disheartening. And then it just breaks the spirit. But he said um, the only thing that would make him rethink is the friends he's made along the way. So I hope you and your friends make it out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that's for the case study three. So the next case study or the next set of case studies, they are just audio. So I would play them now. Hello, good evening, boss. Um, this is a last. I'm okay. I'm a last white from physics department. Actually, about the nature of my course, it's a very fantastic course that I intended to study, and eventually I met myself in physics because I won't say I chose physics actually, but I met myself in physics by just like twist of fate or something like that. Uh, the course is very nice for me, and I really enjoy doing the course. Yeah. I really do. But the issue is, though I've expected it to be something I've anticipated that the course will not be taught in the right way in the university. Sure, you grab by I mean, university, I mean, I meant Nigerian University because the standard uh, standard of teaching is something I'm already familiar with that I know that they are not going to teach it exactly the way I wanted or I needed to learn it. Sure, you grab. But one very, very bad part of it is the fact that the lecturer yeah the major setback I, as i was saying was that the course is very interesting for me at least i don't know any other students actually but the lecturers are very lazy some of them they don't have pleasure while taking the course should you grab just like as if they have been forced to or situations force them into this job of lecturing and all that because i can see there's only one or two lecturers that are really passionate about it what i intended was like okay the the, the Course will not, it's not going to be a very easy course, I know deep down already before gaining admission. Shall you grab? But the thing is that I know that okay, lecturers are not supposed to spoon feed you every bit of information or every process of learning, but at least my department lecturer should at least come for come to classes and explain, even if you are not giving us notes, just give us the material and try to do more of explanation. That's aside. Second part is IT, the department is just really really fucked up no it and that's like a major setback to we physicists or let me say students studying physics <laughs> <laughs> we, we apologize for the course words ah <laughs> uh, yeah i apologize for the course words but it was evident in that in that voice <laughs> note that it was very very pained like i can put it that way well what do we say about this one now? <laughs> all, because... all this all actually boils down to choices because now the outcome of him selecting his own particular course is now dependent on the choices that the lecturers have made before taking him. So now <laughs> the lecturers that have made the choice of, okay, I don't have any choice but to take this student in this. Now he's going to come with that notion that 
let me just take them because I have to take them. Yeah, even before that, if I want to clarify something, like at the beginning, he stated that by twist of fate, Z-word lovers, that's what <laughs> So by twist of fate or something, he found himself in that place. It's just like, um, let's say, I am good in all aspects. I can take whatever you give to me. So you gave me something now. Okay, I've accepted it and I'm going to work with it. Only for me to realize that the choice I've made now that you've given to me, that I've accepted, that I've come to terms with, that I want to work with, is not now valid. Again, not valid. Why? Because the people that are supposed to make that choice valid, they are not making the choice of choosing that particular, that particular field. field. So you understand? And like, am I making sense? Let's, let's, even, let's backtrack. Let's backtrack. Let's go to where this issue of selecting course or not course starts from. Let's go to our secondary schools. Because this is where the problem starts from. Because I feel... Most people don't make that choice of their particular course of study until they are filling that particular jam form or to the school. But this is a very important issue because you are going into another facet of life that I'm going to start this part manifesting in this particular field. And you are filling your jam form without the notion that these are the facts that are backing these choices that I'm about to make. Okay, so let me backtrack, backtrack again. So going back to the old concept of um, junior secondary school, that is in the Nigerian education system now, this is one to three. You know, that time you are just feeling the vibe, going with the flow, doing math, English, science, and all that stuff. Yeah. Before you proceed to the senior secondary school, yeah, you have to choose the departments you have to, to enter. It's been maybe science, art, or commercial. Those are the three major ones we have now. Yeah. So now, choosing that department itself, Sometimes your father might have just told you, why are you going to art? You want to sing? Something like that. And then automatically art is out of the question. It's no longer an option. It's no longer there. Some are influences from what you've seen. Maybe you have a favorite uncle that is a doctor and he's smart and you like his personality and everything. And okay, science is the option for you. Because you don't, I don't know, maybe in basic science, you used to score an average of 70 or something. But you're not really interested in the science. The science so I feel like the junior secondary school itself, there was no preparation going into the senior, senior secondary, secondary school, school itself. So when you get there and they present you with a choice, sometimes you just have to follow your friends. Yes, a lot of people follow their, their junior secondary school classroom because they don't want to be left out. That makes the decision easy for them. Exactly, <laughs> because they don't have too much options. They don't even have to make a decision. They just have to go with the flow as they have been going with the flow from JSS1. Only for them to realize at the point of entering um, SS3, that would write work and I have to choose a course of study to enter university. If you are in science and you've just been pushing through up to SS3, and then when you want to write the, you know that you cannot meet up the required standard to study something in science, then science is not cancelled out for you. Then you are back to square one. And the, the, this whole concept of our educational system in Nigeria, it is a robust topic to even discuss because the concept of children leaving junior secondary school and metamorphosing into senior secondary school, it is a very delicate balance that you have to be careful before putting the child into science and label that child's life that you from beginning of your senior secondary school to the end you shall stay in science and science you shall be that that shouldn't be uh, even yeah 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 no see if you see if you look at it even jump itself it, the subject combination is in a way that allow you, you can be in science now but you can study psychology exactly. now psychology is under the arts social sciences social sciences and all that stuff yeah. basically in secondary school to be under arts so you'd have known that if you want to study psychology, you're supposed to be in the arts department. Art department. So something like that, now when you now get to jump, you can see that this subject combination is good for psychology. And then you'll be wondering, should I just go for it? Is it under science? Is it under... Like, it's not even well thought out. 
it's just like they had a system that they don't want to change because it's already too extensive exactly and now they can't change it whereby they are limiting the choices of a lot of individuals yeah before like moving i feel on. like it's only 30 sorry i feel like it's only 30% of people that actually get what they want exactly because right. so a friend of mine said um in their secondary school you would do a mock examination while you are in junior secondary school that's when they used to place you in classes you don't have a choice in that in that aspect so if let's say you are doing good in basic science and the rest are greek and stuff in junior secondary school automatically you are going to science if you are doing good in business studies and the rest you are going to the commercial department if you were good in um drawing and music in junior secondary school you are going to the arts like does that even make sense like who made who made this standard who made this like you have to be this to be this you have to be that to be that like it is so it is so stereotypical i don't know there is even no counseling units to actually ask the students that okay what do you want like you watch a lot of shows now they are high schools exactly. overseas they have counseling unit they have counselors that you can go to meet even though most people don't patronize these counselors well, at least it's there to tell you that okay we can help you streamline your choices but they are your choices even at that in our secondary school days i don't know about that school but in my own secondary school the staff from itself is alienated feeling that to even go there it's an issue to yeah. to talk to a teacher about something i feel like that was very common because to go to the staff from it meant you had done something wrong <laughs> yeah you know the whole the whole imbalance between the idea of being an adult and being a child or being an authoritative figure and a subordinate mm. let me put it like in our society yeah. in nigeria today it is very very distinct so you understand like there is a way you have to talk to not come off as rude you have to express yourself and what seem normal will feel you are disrespecting the authority yeah i feel that alone concept is imposing on the choices those people have so but all i will say is i still sympathize with this person because it shows that there was a lot of frustration in his voice like he knew a what lot. i was talking about like <laughs> there is so much interest in this thing i want to do but i can't do it but, maybe we should just move on and talk about these various factors that lead to people making various choices in their way of life well if along the way those factors can be shed upon with a little bit of light i think would be good to go so i think we just play the rest of the case studies at once and then just give a conclusion because i feel like this has covered the basis yeah. before we start dissecting them one by one so this is the next one and the rest well i'm not exactly studying what i've study but it's related initially i wanted to study cyber security but due to some factors i could not then i wanted to study um software engineering also due to those factors i could not then i decided to just opt in for computer science since it is the most plausible so the journey so far has been bittersweet i'm happy and grateful for the friends associates colleagues i've made along the way you know we've been there for each other since day one through the ups and downs i'm grateful for that then when it comes to the educational aspects <laughs> it's i'm utterly disappointed for take for example i'm studying computer science and we are in a department where we use outdated material even though we know the tech world keeps evolving at a very fast pace every day but we use outdated material sources programming languages we haven't made to code write code on paper not to even talk of the lecturers professors and administrators being unreasonably annoying and frustrating so um for me I've, i studied 
but I've always wanted to study. Yeah, so I really wanted to study. Um, it was clear from the onset that this is what I wanted to do. And yeah, I, that was why I studied. Though, though um, growing up as children, we have different future ambition. Someone asks us what do you want to be today? What we say tomorrow is different. But it got to that point where I was very certain that this is what I wanted to do. And I've always known that I want to study art. And it, um, people like they are studying art, but it was very, very obvious that this guy should do should do this, you understand? Um so I went on to study and the journey so far has been amazing. Um then so far has been awesome because I've had people complain about studying my course and that wasn't what they wanted to study and so they um have it rough so to say you know when um when when you are not in a place you are you want to be you'll be playing catch you understand you'll be playing catch up with those that are naturally meant to be there so the journey so far has taught me that this has been amazing so to say yeah basically um okay ups and downs things i've learned is that school would not actually school is not really what it seems and school will not actually teach you everything you need like i studied art because i wanted to be one badass leonardo da vinci you understand but i know that school why it has i've learned that school will not really really give me that and it goes beyond going to school and i've also um experienced that you don't really have to um go to school to study a particular thing to flourish in it you can be a medical doctor and flourish as a visual artist perfectly understand so it goes beyond that well what you study counts i won't say it doesn't count because um when you have passion for something, you definitely do well in it. Or we've also seen scenarios of people that are being pushed in um, a line of study and eventually they develop passion for it. They are there already, so they had no choice than to buckle up. And they did well than people that haven't had the um had than those that actually wanted to study because Yeah, um actually studying in the university has been nice it has been like more stressful than i ever thought of like at the point at the point i regretted studying in the nigerian university like what the hell because guy the stress was not what i imagined and the mental breakdown was not what i imagined too because i was at like a big let me just stop this thing and yeah like let me just stop this thing and like go home, face like my craft and forget this school thing that it's just a degree. Then actually seeing people work in the school, like cyber cafes and everything, they graduated from the same school, some with the second class or pass, some with the first class. I'll be like, what the hell? So me chasing this thing is not really that important. Okay, my name is Chidima Maggie. Um, I'm studying music in University of Lasso. Is music what I wanted to study? Yes. Um, I switched from theater to music in 20 level. 
and how has it helped me? I haven't learned so much basically when it comes to music, but I've learned that if I want to sing, if I want to platform, if I want anything in life, I have to get it and I would get it through networking and socialization, which is something that I am really bad at. So that's basically all that I've learned in school. All that music department have taught me is that because people here lobby for stuff and that was something I never did and it kept me stuck, kept me unrecognized, kept me um, hit where I am. So I'll do better from today, from now on. Thank you. Wow. So that last part was basically an acceptance and then getting to correct the mistakes concerning that. Well, I'm happy for that case study. But we have talked long enough about the case studies. We've heard all the reference points. So now we'll be delving proper into the prospects of choice and if it's an illusion or the irony in the fact that we have to make a choice. Okay, so moving on, we are now down to the factors guiding choices or the factors we think are guiding choices because I would still like to remind everybody that as much as this is a podcast that is meant to entertain, some opinions we have, they are our opinions and our view on things. We are just sharing it with you. So this shouldn't come as a way of saying this is what it's supposed to be because we can't just cover the whole topic. There are people that study this as a course or as a field of study or as a field of profession. So we can't say we are experts at this. We are just giving our thoughts on it. Now, to the factors that guide the element of choice, I think one of them should be emotions. Yeah, the, the way we feel. And I feel the next one should be environmental influence. Yeah, yeah. And another one should be, I think it relates to emotion, but it's gut instinct. Like that innate feeling. Yeah, I, I, something inside. inside yeah, there's of something inside me telling me that. Exactly, uh, something like that. And also, we talk about um complex and easy choices. Because um even if it's a choice, it can still be subdivided into being a complex choice and an easy choice. And I feel like that itself is a factor that guides the element of choosing yeah. itself. So the last one should be the availability of information. Like the definition said, possibilities. But if you don't have those possibilities, are you really choosing? Mm. Then like the alternatives available to you before making a particular decision you're about to make. Okay, now, so going forward, we'd like to talk about um, the environmental influence in choices. Talking about environmental influences, I, I see it as the way individuals or the place in which individuals are brought up where they grow up in that is the particular let's say geographic location in which they are brought up in yeah but about it being a choice influence yeah uh, we can't deny that it is an influence yes okay. it is a paramount influence if i'm to say so myself because if you grow up in a ghetto and you grow up in a secluded area you have different choices every day even you know when we're saying down to the what's it called the water you used to bait if you are in an urban area you have access to pump to water or something like that pump machine, a heater your... a kettle for hot water or something that's when you can choose between hot water and cold water but if you are living in the ghetto or some place that is not on par 
you know you can't have the choice of hot water it's what is available you ride along with yeah so does the environmental availability influence the choice that much uh, it's it's plays it plays a huge role in the choices people make because when you are placed in a particular environment, that environment in which you part, you reside in plays a huge role in you deciding. It even plays a huge role in your diet. Not to not talk of your life choices itself, because where you stay determines. Okay, this is the type of food that I can easily access and type of food I can easily get to. So some people now they can tell you they eat pizza every blessed day, and that indirectly or directly affects their diet and looking at other person that stays where he has not even seen a pizza joint before can tell you that i drink guy every day so the geographical location of these individuals plays a huge role in the decision or the choices which they make hmm that's true that's true um but like i said like the question i pose is that is it like a limiting factor because if you are to take it from the, the whole idea of life is not fair, we are all presented with different scenarios that we have to navigate. Although it has to do with the idea of making it out of the ghetto or making it out of that place. But then it's as if you are upgrading yourself to the choices of others. Am I making sense? Yeah, 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 making sense because even the concept of ghetto, I feel, aside from the literal meaning of ghetto, it's now like a mindset. The ghetto itself is now like a mindset where people live that lifestyle. Where people even exhibit that exactly. their behavior. People live that lifestyle of ghetto. Like I watched, um, there is this YouTube channel, the best ever food review show. So they did an exploration whereby he goes to different countries and tries out their cuisine. But then he was in Nigeria and he went to Makoko in Lagos, the island on water. <laughs> like <laughs> they live in like the place is like, it's nothing to write home about. And when the ruler of the place or the, the uh, leader there was talking about the whole situation there, he mentioned something that he wants the children there to get education, to be able to leave that area. He himself, he grew up as a fisherman, following the footsteps of his father, which was the former ruler of the town. So, and he was like, if it continues like that, it just be a cycle that never ends. So, even if you are presented with um, environmental choices, having the innate choice that I want to get upgraded from this place, like, I feel like the environment, it is a core part of your choices. It's a huge part of it, but I feel like it's not a limiting factor. Yeah, exactly. That, exactly. that is like the main point to um, underlined there that it is not a limiting factor but it is also a factor that plays a huge role when people select choice. Let's give an example of our prominent um, the richest man in the world that is Elon Musk. You look at the decisions he has made and the companies he has built this is dependent on the exact location which he has found himself but now he can't be in the United States and think of solving a particular problem that is not sur- surrounding him because he sees the problem then solves the problem yeah. because the problem is surrounding him so now the problem is the choices of the companies he has built up is dependent on the environment in which he is oh yeah that's true because if you think about it as amazon is one of the largest companies in the world they are not even positioned in nigeria here sometimes when you go to the amazon website shipping to nigeria is like a whole hassle <laughs> like to ship something of 12 dollars you can just see the shipping price is 80 dollars like we are not even included in their plans. Exactly. Nigeria was not factored. Yeah, so I feel like, okay, yeah, that's true. 
the environment is is prominent it's very prominent but how does it relate to the whole our our case studies how does it relate to them in terms of the environment how do you feel it can relate to their whole situation now looking at the issue of the case studies which we we are we had the one concerning the case study one precisely about her being a medical doctor now the issue of her being a medical doctor it is solely dependent on her mother saying that okay mr a is a medical doctor and he has done this and done that because it is what you see you can want for yourself not what you've not seen because it can only manifest what you are seeing tangibly that okay now let me be let me be this because you can see it you can observe it with your naked eye so now the mother was like be a medical doctor that is dependent on what she has seen because it is what is in her environment she's seen that okay yes this one is this and okay let's add this also yeah but one of our case studies i think the third one the one complaining about the old lecturer something he said something regarding like nigerian he made like nigerian universities now, if you think about it, it's not it's not wrong. It's not wrong because if you look at it this way, we're only limited to the choices of our environment. Environment in the sense that in Nigeria, even in Nigeria itself, there are particular environments that you are that will determine what you will do and what you cannot do. Most people flock to Lagos, Lagos State as a whole, yeah. from the north, from the east, from other places of the southwest, because Lagos is like the hub of central excellence like commercial capital on that same food review show that the guy interviewed an upcoming artist on the street he asked him he was like where he was coming from in the east he was already big there he already had a huge following but he knew that without getting to lagos he won't make it Mm. like look at that whole scenario he was like if i if i don't come lagos i know say go hard to make them because being in Lagos definitely amplifies whatever you do. Exactly. Lagos is now like a staple for entertainment success in Nigeria. Shake it. Yeah. Just like the way staying in uh, like VI is like an eye-opener to many opportunities with a lot of people. But if you are staying in somewhere like um, somewhere along the mainland like um, Surulere or something. I'm not saying Surulere is bad. I feel like it's not on par with the opportunities and what you gain when you are staying at Lekki or the Banana Island. Yeah, because the environment itself is a composition of the personalities that are in that particular environment. Even if we should compare it to people that are into sales and that are selling stores, the kind of prices they put on their products in a particular environment, you can't yeah, come like, to... Like the issue of housing. If you want to look for a house in Lagos now, it's very, very expensive. You can see just a mini flat with a toilet under the stairs. Like there's no room for toilets just under the stairs. And then they'll be telling you 600k per year. So you understand? No amenities, no wardrobe, nothing, nothing. But that same 600k, if you take it to somewhere like the east or Abeokuta or something or Ibadan or something, it's not like it is like way way cheaper there. But at least it's way better than Compared that of Lagos. Lagos yeah. And you're getting a whole lot of value for your money. But it stands to reason that the reason why that person would pay 600k in Lagos is not the same reason why that person would pay 600k in Ibado. Because in Lagos now, you are getting a whole slew of opportunities. Like, even thinking about it, the tech industry, most startups, they're building Lagos to here. So, let's say you're a tech bro now, or a tech sis, and you want to advance, you know that ah, I'd have to go to Lagos, because that's where most of the opportunities are. Yeah, as you mentioned um, about tech startups and all, when they 
do all this in Lagos. Let's even look at the example of shipping and all. Most of all, these startups they don't sh- want to ship outside of Lagos. Yes, they yes. Go, even they- a lot of people will tell you. Even Oraimo, I bought something from them lately, and they were like, "To others outside Nigeria, it is not free, but to <laughs> others in Nigeria, above twenty k free delivery." So that particular location has influenced their decision that okay, this is what you want to do based on this location. Exactly. So the environment is a very huge factor. But me, I don't see it as a limiting factor because you can always, always get out of that place. Always. And it doesn't mean that the place is bad. The get out does not mean that, ah, okay, I have to leave this place because it is bad. No, it just has to do with the fact that if you know where you are going and you know the choices you want to be made available to yourself. Yeah, let me put it that way. The choices you want to be made available to you. What you want to be choosing between. You don't want it to be a choice of what you have to stay with. You want it to be a choice of what I can decide that this is what I want to choose between this and that. She gets. Yeah, a perfect example is just like the YouTube algorithm. The YouTube algorithm will never bring to you what um, information based on outside the videos you've watched. It brings calculator. Okay, you've watched this. You've watched. Okay, these are the things that should be made available to you. Yeah, even the whole idea of um, a VPN using a VPN. If you take a VPN now, you connect to the Canada or the United States or the United Kingdom. The advertisements and everything you'd be seeing, the videos you'd be seeing there would be different from if your normal IP was in Nigeria, Nigeria. or something. So, the environment is a huge factor, a very huge factor. Now, the next subtopic or one of the next factors would be the idea of emotions regarding to choice making. Yeah. And let's even define what emotion truly is. Okay, you can give us the definition then. According to Oxford Dictionary, it defines emotion as a strong feeling deriving from one's circumstances, mood, or relationships with others. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so basically it relates to how you feel at a particular point in time. Bah? Yeah. So how is it a factor in, in making a choice? I, emotions, because... A lot of people make emotion um, decisions based on the way they feel at that particular point in time. Either good or bad, they don't think about it because I feel this way, then this is what you should do. Like the old, there is something that goes around on social media every once in a while. Do not promise when you are happy. Do not be something when you are angry. Do not be go, 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 go. something like that. <laughs> huh? But what I want to pick out from it is that, okay. Yes, it has been established that people make a lot of choices daily yeah. on emotions. If I wake up on the wrong side of bed, I might not feel like taking a warm bath. I can endure the whole idea of taking a cold bath because I'm just not giddy. It might influence the choice I will make in eating. I might just decide, well, let me just make a little noodles instead of taking the time to just cook something more relevant. I'm not saying noodles are not relevant. Though. I enjoy them. They are part of my daily diet. Like every day. What I'm saying is, if you are supposed to have the strength of cooking something else that would make you more happy, if I put it like that, because you woke up on the wrong side of bed, you might have seen it as, hmm? you are making that choice based on the emotion you woke up with that money. Yeah, and the feeling you woke up with that money. It's not that emotions are bad, but it is how we react to these emotions that really determine the type of choices we make. And many philosophers, or let me say many motivational speakers, we say we are a product of the decisions we make. 
Now, if you are waking up in the morning, obviously your brain doesn't want you to go through stress. Yes. Now, you want to feel at home, you want to get into the warmth of your bed and enjoy. But normally, logic states that you should get up because that is the morning. But emotion doesn't want you to do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Going on to the whole idea of logic now, I would like to say something. Does emotion trump logic? Because in my own view, it always does. Because you mentioned something like motivational speakers and other philosophers in particular. So there is a branch of philosophy called stoicism. Yeah, you are stoic, whereby emotions don't guide whatever decisions you make in life. Emotions don't guide your life. They are just a byproduct. You make decisions based on logic. But not a lot of people can start a stoic lifestyle. So basically, 99% of people are just emotion-driven characters. Now, if we see it this way now, what is logic? Um, logic can, from my own point of view, logic is the type of decisions you make based on the available facts that you give, like you've seen and researched about. Okay, so basically, if you are to make a decision and you want to make it according to logic, you would weigh the options, you do research and consider a lot of factors before you make that decision. decision. Whereby emotion, you can just be, because you are happy, you promise this person a millionaire. You might be that rich, but when you now consider the factors with logic later in the day, you feel like if I give this person this one million naira, it's just a waste. Yeah. Because it's not for any special occasion, not like a birthday or something. It's not productive. And then logic will come in later. I feel like logic is like is suppressed when emotions are at play. But yeah. then it always wins at the end of the day. And in view of the theme in which we started this um discussion, which is about um students in the university. Okay. Now Logic my state that you're in Nigeria, which is one of the poorest countries in the world. Don't take this particular type of course. Like, let me say aeronautic engineering. Okay. You know, your country doesn't support this. But the fact that you feel, I love aeroplanes, I should do that, you should do that. The emotion dictates that, go for aeronautic engineering. But logic states that, look at the statistics of aeronautic engineers you have in your country and weigh them before taking this decision. But these decisions are not taken based on logic. They are taken based on what? Emotion. And then they always tend to backfire, do they not? A lot of times. <laughs> A lot so, of times. So, like, the question goes, does emotion trump logic? If you read anything about choices and all that stuff, it's a prominent question. And the answer is always yes. Yeah. Emotions trump logic. But is there a way to navigate that? That the two can coexist? I don't think logic can ever, based on the way we are formed as humans, I don't think we can ever be that logical 100% of the time. The only way is to make sure that the type of emotions we are feeling, it is navigated more in the logical part because logic can never trump emotion. Emotion always wins against logic. Yeah. But if you look at it, you said something about the way our physiology is or something. Now, as humans now, it stands to reason that there's always a flight or fight response in you when danger is coming. Yeah. Now, Logically, you can decide that, ah, let me save this person inside this burning building. But emotions will tell you that, save yourself first and go and get help. The go and get help too is logic. Because logically, you'd feel like, okay, I'm outside the burning building. I should get help. But emotions at play at first, like your brain, the, your adrenaline, everything just be fired up. The emotions, fear, at the same time, will just tell you, run out of the building. And 99% of the time, you run out of the building. It's not Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> you would form Superman and it doesn't even work that way. 
the reality is that emotions always win. Always. But, always. But me, I feel they can coexist in the sense that you can weigh the options between each other. You know, we are talking about the idea of logic being weighing options about facts. Yes. Now, if you have to weigh emotions and see how they will play better against you or for you, does that not mean you are including logic into the emotion you are using to navigate the choice making? Yeah, when I was actually reading up on um, rational thinking, mm-hmm. so rational thinking is like the combination of both logic and, and emotion. emotion. So rational thinkers are like, they want you to make the right decision considering both um, information given to you, both the emotion and the logic aspect of it, so that it won't be um, one-sided when making those um, type of decisions. Yeah, 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 I understand. So basically, our answer boils down to the fact that emotions trump logic, but they can coexist if you choose to start reasoning rationally. All right, that makes a lot of sense. I hope you listening, you have gained something from that. All right, so on to the next one. The next topic of interest would be, it relates to emotion too, but it would be gut instinct. If you get what I mean. Yeah, it is kind of a feeling that you most people relate to their subconscious uh, mind. Mm, subconscious mind. But I feel like subconscious itself is just is different from gut feeling. Gut feeling. Because yeah. some people they relate to gut feeling as how do I put it? It's it's something that they feel in their stomach. I'm about to head out of the house. And there's there's something in my stomach gnawing mm-hmm. at me, like just tell me that this, wait uh, a little while, wait a little while. And then you go out and then you see that there is an accident. Yeah. So something like that. Now that's not where I'm going on. Okay. How it relates to emotion is that that's one part of gut feeling, something they feel in their stomach. But before you do something, before you choose something, before you choose between this and this, there can be just an innate sense of security that you have that I feel like I should choose this. It's still emotions, but it doesn't stem from rational thinking, like we've deduced. No facts. Or... No facts, nothing, nothing. It just boils down to the fact that this is what you just feel. Feel. That it, it just feels right to you. How do you see that in accordance to decision making? When it comes to decision making, the part of instincts is that I feel you shouldn't take 70 or even 85% of our choice making because God's instincts is it comes into play or it becomes like a good decision to make a very few amount of time. Or it only few. it only ever has any validity when it works out. Exactly. It is only when it works out you can say, okay, what you felt was the right thing to feel at that particular point in time. Because if we are honest, most people's gut feeling stems from certain things. Like, if you are hungry and you have to make a decision, 90% of the time it tends to be wrong because it's just like there is no fuel in your engine. It will keep working, but it will be working haphazardly. So I feel like when there is no supply to your brain, like, okay, to your blood, and then the blood that is supposed to supply your brain does not have energy. Would you be thinking straight in that sense? And at that point, you can have a gut feeling. So would your gut feeling be okay in that sense? Clearly, it won't, it won't be okay because most people, it is after they make all these so-called gut feeling that they now start reanalyzing the feeling that, okay, was it the right feeling to have at that particular point in time? Because now I feel I should do this. You've done it. Now you are seeing the outcome of what you felt. Now seeing the outcome, you have said, 
was it the right decision or not the right decision? It is after that God's feeling. So when it comes to God's instincts, I feel it is very few like the the outcome determines just the outcome that determines okay it was a good feeling or not. Okay, so if we've established that gut feelings are just like a result of the outcome, it's something everybody experiences. Yeah. In my own opinion, we all have gut feelings now. Like this feels okay. I am walking on a road. I experienced it this morning. I'm walking on a road, and then I come to a fork in the road to choose between this part and that part. You know, I can just immediately look at the part that has a lot of bushes and the part that is a little cleared. My guts at that point would then tell me to go through the path that is a little cleared because subconsciously you might be afraid of the bush. And most of these gut feelings are mostly influenced by previous decisions which we've made. So you making having that gut feeling at that particular point in time is dependent on the previous feelings that okay, I've been in this type of situation before and this was what happened and this was what I did. So that gut feeling comes in as okay, make the same decision again because this feels safer. Okay, now from that point of view of the gut feeling and all that stuff, I would like to say that okay, on the effect of choices, we have two types of choices basically. Like if we subdivide it into two, we have complex choices and um, easy choices. Yeah. Like easy choices, like everyday choices, like um, what to wear, what to eat. I, I'm not saying they are particularly very very easy, but they're like like routine. Let me yeah. put it that way. Just routine choices we make every day. And then complex choices like... Cost of study. Yeah, cost of study and all that stuff. Or like very, very important, like which apartment to get, like um, what job to apply for and all that stuff. Or if you should take the job or not. So in relation to that, I would, I would say, although we have established now that emotion is a factor. Yeah. Now, the gut feeling that is in relation to emotions, does it apply to complex and easy choices? When we have um, alternatives to look at, then before you can decide, okay, this is an easy decision decision to make or this is a complex decision to make. Now, so I feel that really depends on the availability of choices or the alternatives given to you. Now, if we have like 100 alternatives to pick from, you can't just say, okay, this is this is the right alternative for me until you've tested out all other alternatives. That, okay, now you've checked alternative one to alternative 100. That, okay, yes, now I can select my particular decision. So I feel to make a simple decision is only if the alternatives are just two. Like, it's so easy. Either A or B. Hot water or cold or water. Cold water. Now, noodles <laughs> or rice. Or rice. So all those ones are just two. But if you have many alternatives, like when you get to a restaurant and they give you a menu, now you start seeing, okay, this is this, you have dessert, you have this, you have this. Now to make that type of decision, you won't be so quick to make it because it is a kind of complex um, type, type of decision. So basically it leads to another factor that we wanted to consider, information overload. So basically it boils down to, like you said, information overload. Yeah. If the information you are being given is too much instead of being sparse. So if it's sparse, like the information is just limited to a couple of things, that's an easy decision to make. Yeah, like the famous um, CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, he made his decision so minute that even to the point of him selecting clothes to wear, he has streamlined it that, okay, now I don't need to make a lot of decisions anymore just to pick this exact type of t-shirt and move on. So he has broken down that decision that, okay, just between my t-shirt and this simple oh like the way he always wears either ash brown or blue 
That's all. He just stocked his wardrobe with. That actually makes sense because now when he wakes up in the morning, he just has to choose between three colors. If if it's three colors, we don't know. Exactly. But he just has to choose between three colors. But now somebody like Whiskey, like an entertainer or Davido, they dress a lot. Or Kiss Daniel, they, they, they dress a lot. Their decision is complex for them because now there's a lot of thoughts that goes into the fact that they have to choose what to wear. Ah, that makes more sense. So, and at that point, God's feeling is out the window. Okay, so basically now, if it comes down to the fact between a complex choice and an easy choice, the moment logic starts entering is because I feel like for them to choose what type of clothes to wear, they are controversial attires. And then they have a whole media management system that tells them that you can't wear this type of clothes to this photo shoot. Logic now applies instead of emotion. So now, even if it's a complex choice, it goes to show that for complex choices, not all complex choices, but for most complex choices, logic has to trump emotion. It can go back to, or it has to be rational thinking. Exactly. The the right word there is always rational thinking. thinking. Because if you have to say logic trumps emotion, we've just been negating ourselves. Because, because even when trying to pick the clothes for all those type of celebrities, emotion still play comes into play. Yeah, when yeah, yeah. Picking it. Because someone like, okay, I feel I should I feel better in this type of color. So the theme for that dress is going to be in line with the type of emotion the person feels. Because even colors themselves, they emit a particular type of emotion. Like the fact that if you notice most restaurants, fast food chains like McDonald's, um, which other one? Chicken Republic and all that KFC's. stuff. Most of their brand colors are red. And red is like a sense of urgency. Like, you know, it's a fast food restaurant. So yeah. if you are hungry after coming back from church on a Sunday, it attracts your eye rather than something yeah. like blue that is calming. Calm. That's like yeah, yeah, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, they use the blue, blue color. Yeah, so that makes sense. It goes to show that even for something as seemingly simple as choosing the color for your business, it boils down to it being a complex choice in itself. Yeah. So you'd have to just make use of the information available like going on the internet, making the research after color science. And I feel like once extensive research and a lot of information goes into it, that makes it a complex decision. Exactly. If it's something that instinctively you can just decide on the spot or after just two minutes of deliberation, that is like an easy decision if you have to segment them. Yeah, it's like when you ask an individual, okay, what type of country do you want to go to? Is it the Arabian country or the European country? Exactly. Yeah. Gut feeling and emotion will tell the person that I don't want to go to Afghanistan because they fight a lot of war there. So, there's an information backing that type of Exactly. Decision. Something like that. And the information is not that large. It's just straight to the point. So yeah, that's true. Information overload is a thing. Gut feeling only applies to the idea of simple decisions. Yeah. So basically, if it's to be a complex decision, information overload and logic, rational thinking becomes the order of the day. I feel that is also look at it from this point of view. Sometimes not having enough information sometimes aids in making a good decision. <laughs> because when you now start seeing other decisions, other information pertaining that type of the type of decision you're about to make, then it deflects one's um selection. Okay. Without knowing this type of information, I might have directly just picked this um, choice. But with a lot of information, you now start saying, oh, this is not the right thing to have. Just, okay, basically, the more choice we have, the worse off we are. Yeah. So, how does that relate to the whole case study university system? Like a friend of mine, after writing Jump now, he wants to get into the university, he thought his um, options were limited to his Jump score. Not knowing that there were some courses 
you know, there is something they put on the face of universities. They just mention the prominent courses, engineering, law, even psychology is not mentioned. Mm-hmm. She understand. And then only for you to want to register for admission at the school, then you realize that the, the score you got that you thought was not enough because you're only thinking of theater arts and all that stuff. Then you can study psychology, which is equally good. So now you have a lot of choices now. Yeah. So would that make you worse off? I think we before making decisions, we should be able to we should have access to as a lot of information that we need to, we need to make that decision because the more the information, the better the decision to me. Because look, having a technological background, I feel the more the information, the better the algorithm. Because yeah, yeah, now it yeah. has able, able to analyze into several scenarios and seeing past experiences and all. So now the more information an individual can get in front of him like students now most of them don't even have orientation yes the orientation is not even there before they make the decision that's why as you said just these prominent courses i mentioned medicine and surgery <laughs> engineering law uh, law even if you see um, Lagos state university themselves the campuses they have is ojo ojo is just ojo yes because yes. nothing is ascribed to ojo yes. but if you see like engineering yes and um, medicine and surgery or the medical sciences so all these prominent courses are just attended to in Nigerian universities, why other invest um, other courses are not given these um thoughts and students are not even seeing this information as they enter into the university. Like um they've saying that more is not always better. Like having more choices is not always the better thing. What do you have to say about that? Well as I said earlier, the more information that we have, the better the choice we are able to make. Because if students uh, been orient, uh, have this orientation in their secondary schools that okay now as you're going to the university there are several aspects of life not just these top courses that you know and even in technological aspects many people just want to get into tech without knowing that you have a lot of choices to make yeah and, and the information is a lot a like lot. It, according to that tech you mentioned now there was we did an internship and then it was like product design ui ux design when they mentioned the law of the, it was just basically the coding aspect. Mm. But then it stands to reason that if all of you are focused on the coding aspect, who is to make your designs beautiful? Who is to make them fluid? Who is to make those animations, those 3D effects and all that stuff? I'm not criticizing, I'm just starting to say that. It doesn't mean that these choices are not valid. They are very, very valid. Even if their role might not be that extensive, they are very, very valid. And I feel like if people have more choices regarding that, they would be able to be more streamlined eh? if their choices are like a lot. Not a lot in the sense that it be information overload, mm-hmm. but a lot in the sense that they can make accurate deductions out of it. I feel like it would be better for the university students and for life in general. Yeah, that's why right. it is good that you mentioned that a lot in the sense of information overload because information is only useful when it is like a productive type of information yeah that's why data an, uh, analysts they try to give you the information that they feel it is necessary in making a particular type of um, decision and there's something i want to use to conclude this um, segment so it's basically a question too can we make complex decisions if we are eased into it i would say yes we can make complex decisions when we are eased into it eased in the sense that is the sense that you are not just given the full picture of the decision of the decision to make. Okay. Like students in GSS theory now, yeah. they just pose it to them that what do you want to be or what, what do you want to do, 
and that kind of decision i feel they will still have to ask themselves again when writing like they'll ask that same question again when um, writing jam also and that decision was asked of them in gss3 so they just give them that information that okay like they just gave them the last bit of the puzzle or like the final without guiding them through the pathway to getting there to the final destination okay so in that case now if they had been like counseling segments and a lot of thoughts put into it like vocational activities and all that stuff like uh, seminars easing them into it it would have been better the choice would have been better and most of most kids i was actually teaching a particular child and was scared of junior work that is how this educational system is so scary because no one is orienting these kids about this is the way things are truly in the real world they just give them that go and write junior work no reason why am i writing junior work what is the thought process between this and that so they just give children the full picture without the small small steps that should lead to those full pictures yeah expecting the children to trust the process not the process that the children went through but the process that the adults are already decided and just giving them the final product yeah that makes so much sense because i feel like if you are presented with all the factors regarding that complex decision yeah. you'll be able to see where it's coming from and where you are going to because like there's something you you always say joshua that you like the idea of people that always know where they are going to when they start a project exactly and i've taken that into mind that it's true because if you don't know where you are going along the way you'll be lost it's just like making building now building without a building plan or like a foreseeable like structure of how you want the building to be how do you think that building going forward if they encounter any problem we don't have just be making silly adjustments to it silly a lot of silly adjustments because before you get to the final destination you should know that these minute decisions because it's all these um in robin um tony robinson's book mentioned um minuscular decent habits it's all these minute minute habits that make up the huge habit as a whole yeah. So you shouldn't just go to the big decision that, hey, what do you want to become in life? That's too, I think that's too much for a child. That's too much because this child doesn't even know what life is. Are you asking him what he wants to spend the rest of his life, life doing? doing? That's too, just, that's just too much. Yeah, that's too much. So like that, we've come to the end of the segment. Yeah, but that makes a lot of sense. Okay now, so concluding the episode for today, we would have to go into one of the prominent questions because we can't look forward without going back in time. We are to answer the question, it's not really a question per se, about the irony or the illusion of choice. If it is an illusion or if we see the irony in choice making. And to answer that, I feel like we can address the way we choose according to how we've evolved over time. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, I was reading an article concerning the research of Charles Darwin. He was talking about, you know, is prominently attributed to evolution. Okay. So he was like talking about how people evolve and the choices in which an individual make being passed on to his other descent, to his, um, should I say his Descend- children descendants. or his descendants. So he was discussing about how an individual's decision before even his descendants come into play, how it greatly influenced this descendants before they even come into play so the decisions which we make today is as a result of past choices that other people have made previously that's why the topic of our uh, of this discussion that says that the irony slash the illusion of choice that are we truly in like involved 
like are we truly actively involved in making these decisions or it is just an illusion we don't really have say concerning these um decisions well i feel like in relation to that we can never know because you're only limited to the scope of what you can see it's like a child growing up in like i used to read some things on reddit so basically they would say those of you that are rich how did you figure out that the world was not like that like if you get my point then one of them stated that they took their friend out for a boat cruise and their friend was so delighted and all that stuff then it was like this is something we do like every weekend then the friend said this is the first time i am doing it in my life of 25 years so now that person now I feel like this doesn't have to do with evolution of all. Mm-hmm. His choices are basically surrounded. His choices are mostly determined by everything he has. Look at the idea of generational wealth being passed down now. Yeah. If that was the reason with that guy, how do you suspect anyone in their family to know what it feels like to not have money? The choices we make are as a result of what has been and what will be. So for posterity's sake, we should all try to make better choices if we can and that's my own take on it concerning the idea of choice making but i agree with the concepts that choice is an illusion and it's a great irony irony yeah so to just um put a close up to the irony slash the illusion of choice before making decisions we should always think and have enough information as we said earlier enough information doesn't hurt and we should always consider this information before making that particular type of decisions and also to our young kids out there, we shouldn't just bombard them with decisions to make because this world out here is not <laughs> this world out here is not just a simple thing where you can just go to a GS3 kid and tell him, hey, you, what do you want to become in life? That is that is a huge question. Even those of us that we are still in the university, we are still asking and re-asking ourselves that question. So we should be able to ease in into these type of questions and make better choices as we move on. Yeah, thank you for being on the show today, Mr. Joshua Akinpelu. It's a privilege. Yeah, and so we've come to the end of our episode for today. And with that being said, cheers to staying tuned in. Thank you.